So Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now folks, there's some promises right there. And so let's just go back up to the first verse and we'll go through. You pray for us and if the Lord will come by, I'll preach to you. And if he don't, you can take this scripture and take it home and study and dwell on it. And if anybody else has anything to say or do, we'll do that. And if not, we'll go home. But uh, this is David. David faced some adversity. David started out as a shepherd. Did you know that? He started out before he ever faced Goliath. He was a little shepherd boy. As a matter of fact, when his brother saw him there on the battlefield in the Valley of Elah, he said, where have you left those few sheep? Let me tell you something. We might be few, but the Lord can take just a few and great, make great things happen. David attended the sheep ever since he was just a little lad. And he came to this revelation. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I've watched these sheep. I've tried my best to protect them. Tried to put them in places where they could be well fed and watered. Tried to keep them from danger and harm. And the Lord's done the very same thing for me. The Lord is my shepherd. Aren't you glad you've got somebody that's greater than us, greater than you, that's watching over you, greater than, greater than we could ever think of? Sometimes we think we got it figured out. Sometimes we think that we know what we're supposed to do or which way we're supposed to go until the shepherd steps in. He knows more than we know. He knows when danger's on the horizon. He knows where to guide our steps. He knows where to lead us, where we can be fed, where we can be watered. The Lord is my shepherd. You know where he's leading us? He's taking us home. He's gently guiding us, and sometimes we get consumed with the things of this life. He's guiding us home. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
There's things in this life that I want. But I know the Lord knows what I need. And he said he'd supply my every need. And I've always found him to be right there when I needed him. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He never will lead you where you can't eat. Why does he lead us to still waters, preacher? Because if they were swift, they might pull us under. But he takes us to a place where we can get a cool, clear drink. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Now we think what a wonderful thing it is when the Lord saves us. We think what a wonderful thing it is that somebody would give their heart to the Lord. There's been times that I've needed my batteries charged. There's been times that I've been low, times that I've been down, and the Lord would come by and restore me. The Lord would come by. There's been times that I've failed him and I've let him down, that I've been like King David was in the 51st Psalm. He said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. It's not mine. It's not anything that I've done to deserve it, but it's that he gave it to me through his mercy and through his grace. Oh, he's restored us time and time again. If you've been on the road any length of time, you've gone through a valley. If you've been on the road any length of time, you've been through dry and barren places. But aren't you glad the Lord can restore you? And I thank God for the folks that he's used to restore me. Sometimes it's not that I've sinned and failed him. I'm just low. I'm in the valley. And it takes somebody to come by with an encouraging word. It takes somebody to come by and sing a song about the wonders and the glory of the Lord and to praise him that can recharge my batteries and lift me up. It takes somebody like that that can help me to be restored. Now listen, David was a man that met with heartache. He met with tragedy. He lost three children we can read about in God's Word. His daughter was raped by a half-brother and and he, the, the final son that we read about Absalom, he said, I'll go down to my grave grieving for him. He met with some adversity. He was made publicly humiliated in front of all Israel. Oh, but I'm telling you today, you know what he had to say about that? He said, he restored my soul. He leaded me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now listen, David never always followed the, the shepherd. Did you know that? If David had followed the shepherd, he'd have never been publicly humiliated. If David had followed the shepherd, he'd have never committed adultery. If David had followed the shepherd, he'd have led Israel to victory right down there on the battlefield. We don't always follow him either. So Now what man of you that had a hundred sheep and one goeth astray, go forth and diligently seek until he find him and he come forth rejoicing, asking, asking his neighbors to rejoice with him for he's found his sheep that was lost. Aren't you glad when we wander astray, when we go our own hard-headed way, the Lord can restore us. The Lord can give us peace. The Lord can give us joy. I was glad when they said it to me. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh, aren't you glad that there's something here that can restore us? <coughs> yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
You know David's story, don't you? You know how the king previous to him tried his best, Saul, he tried his best to kill him. He took a, a spear a couple of different times and slung at him, tried his best to kill him. This is what David had to say, I will fear no evil. Did you know that the Lord even gave David occasion where he could have taken Saul's life? He went into a cave and there was Saul and all his men asleep and, and, and David's uh, partner said, why don't you just go ahead and kill him now? Oh, but when David got there, the Lord wouldn't let him. He took his knife and cut the skirt of Saul's garment off. And the next day he said, I could have, I had occasion, I could have taken your life, but the Lord, God forbid, that the Lord would have me to kill one of his servants. Oh, we're very bad, folks, about saying what we think. And we take this tongue, and if we're not very careful, we'll spew out words that could kill someone. I'm here to tell you today, we're all God's children, and we all are to love one another. And there's occasions that we can all be restored, and it may be the very one that I have said bitter words about that has the kindness, that has the love, that will help me when I'm in the valley to be restored. All right. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Remember when David was down there? Remember when he was on his hands and knees and on his face on the ground? crying out that God would save the child that he and Bathsheba had conceived. He prayed and prayed and prayed until his friends were concerned what he might do if the child were to die. But when he looked up and he saw his servant's face, he got up, he cleaned himself up, he went to the temple and he worshipped. And they said, what on earth, David, would have made you act this way? And he said, I can't bring the child back but I can go to be where He is. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me, Thy rod and Thy staff. They comfort me. Though life's burdens forsake us, there is strength in the Lord. Lo, I come in the volume of a book. Thus it is written to me. If you're troubled, find strength in God's Word. There's something in here for you every day. We lay, we lay it aside as a paperweight. We set it aside as a dust collector. Pick it up. Open it up. Find out that God still loves you. Find out that He's there waiting to hear your voice. Find out that His head is not hit up. Head is, that it's not too strength, that it cannot save either is here heavy, that it cannot hear, thus saith the Lord. I'm here to tell you today that He's still in our midst, that He's still in our life, that He still wants to be your Savior, that He still wants to be your King, and He's got the answer to every problem we'll ever face in life if we'll just believe in Him and trust on Him. Thy rod and thy staff. Now I've preached it myself. I've had it happen to me. Be sitting right in church and thinking I was doing okay. To some little old under shepherd take the rod. Show me where I was at and gently guide me back in. But it don't, you don't have to have the preacher. You've got the rod. 
take this right here and it'll show you where you're at and where you need to be. Oh. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. So I read not too long ago something that folks that deal with sheep and, and I've got a good friend, Eric Ellison. They've shown sheep all over the United States. And the, <clears throat> has sheep that are worth several hundred dollars that they tend and that they sell and raise and things like that. I read not too long ago that the shepherds will take oil and they'll put over the heads of the sheep because if they don't, there are bugs and things like that that will get up in the nostrils of the sheep and those sheep will go will be so irritated they will take their heads and crush them against boulders and things like that. And that all keeps the irritants away from them. Aren't you glad that the guiding hand of God keeps those things away from me and you? Aren't you glad that the hedge, that God sets the hedge, He knows. He said He'd never lay on us more than we could bear. I'm glad His hand, when I can't take anymore, His hand can bear more than I ever thought of. When I've got a mountain, I don't think I can climb. It's nothing to Him. If I'll just ask Him, He can remove it and I can sail on to the battle home one day. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Here's a man that, that faced victory. He faced bad losses on the battlefield. The sword never left his home. He lost three children. He was made a public example in front of all Israel. And yet when he took the time to count God's blessings, he said, my cup runneth over. Have you ever had the pity party I have? Have you ever said, oh Lord, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to endure this? But if we'll count our blessings, John used to sing us so, I've heard the children sing it, count your blessings, name them one by one. If you'll count the things that the Lord has done for you, you'll find out you got way more than we ever deserve. Surely, this is my favorite verse, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. If you're having a rough day today, look behind you. If you're having a rough day today, take a look at the goodness that God has placed in your life. If you're having a rough day today, take a look at where you're to be and without His mercy, by grace through faith, you're saved that not of yourselves as any man should boast. It is the gift of God. And then Apostle Paul went on to say this, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable 
give. I've tried for 20 plus years to tell people about the gift I got when I was an eight-year-old boy. How'd you get it? I sure didn't deserve it. It was through the mercy of God. So if today's a rough day, I know there. I had a good one when I was eight years old. I've had a few more since then. And there'll be a great one one day for the great day of His wrath is past. And who shall be able to stand? And, and the angel said, Look at this, uh, John. He said, who are these? And the angel said, these are they that came. If you want to hear about a great day, these are they that came up through great trials and tribulations, having their robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. And they praised the Lord day and night. Oh, if today was a rough one, there's a better one coming. After a while, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Surely, goodness. I believe somebody sang this song not long ago. God is being good to me, so good to me. Yes, he is. I believe it was faith, I'm not mistaken. Saying, good to me, so good to me. God has been good, so good. He's so good to me. Amen? Oh, surely goodness. Marty, I've been so blessed. Blessed to hear the old time gospel. Blessed to be raised in a church. For you were welcome to worship how the Lord led you. Blessed to be able, and I couldn't say this for a while, blessed to be able and blessed to be privileged to preach God's Word. Oh, blessed to be surrounded by folks that wanted to hear the gospel. Oh, uh, like this, that, that John sent the men down to Jesus, and he said, Art thou he that should cover? Should we look for another? And he said, The dead are raised, the blind are made to see, and this is my part. I've never been naturally blind. I've never been dead other than dead in sin. But this is by far to be so special to me. The poor shall have the gospel. They didn't leave us out, kid. They included no poor boys like me and you. The poor shall have the gospel. Oh, how blessed we are to have the gospel preached to us. The poor shall have the gospel. You know where you'd be without the gospel? You'd be lost. You know where you'd be without the gospel? You'd be on your way to hell. The poor shall have the gospel. Praise to them through them. Surely, goodness. We've been blessed. The goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. If I never make a billion, it's okay. If I never have the biggest house in Cock County or East Tennessee, it's okay. If I never drive a brand new car, it's okay. God has been good to me. Let's finish it. And I shall dwell. What's that word mean? I've been to Marty Coster's house. I could probably count the number of times on both hands. 
I've been to Bobby Reed's house. I could probably count the number of times on both hands. I've been to Keith and Becky's and Lisa's house. I've been up to Ronnie's. I've been over to Marvin's and up to Miss Fox's house. But you wouldn't say I dwell there. I would never give their addresses my address. We have folks that happen by the church every once in a while. Don't misunderstand what I'm going to say. If we can get them here twice a year, praise be the Lord. Hopefully they'll come three times, and then four times, and then five times. I'd rather have them two times a year than not have them at all, wouldn't you? But if I only visit occasionally, you couldn't say I dwelt there. And I shall dwell. Why would I dwell? Because there's something here I can't get anywhere else. I shall dwell. Why would I dwell? But now listen. <laughs> when I was seven years old, I knew where Marty lived. But I lived at 3509 Cape Drive. Why? Because that was my father's house. I knew where, where Keith's mom and daddy lived, down in the holler over here on Rankin Hill Road. But I didn't dwell there. I dwelled at 3509 K Drive because that was my father's house. I'm in my father's house. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. How often? Forever. Oh, preacher, we can't come in like we'd like to. We may have to go back out to the parking lot. The Father's house has nothing to do with these pews. The Father's house has nothing to do with the carpet or the walls or the podium. You're in. I'm in the Father's house when we agree and the Spirit comes by. Thanks be to God we don't have to have these walls. We can pray them out in the parking lot. We can have a church in the 13th aisle of Home Depot. We can have it up in Walmart, wherever we want to praise the Lord. We are the church. And I shall dwell. I'm a member. Right here sits our church clerk. She could take the membership book and she could find my name. I may get to the point one day where preacher, you're a pastor. Listen, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When lust is conceived, bring forth sin, and sin when it is finished, and bring forth death, do not err, my beloved brother. I may get one day to where these folks are ashamed that my name is on their membership roll. And they may exclude me and mark my name off and throw me out of this body. But what I got when I was an eight-year-old boy can't be taken away. Now listen, I've always tried to be, have integrity, and live a life that my folks would not be ashamed of me. But I know there's times I have let them down. I have disappointed them. They think I've done my heavenly father. There's sure been times I've let him down. There's sure been times I've disappointed him. There's sure been times that he would have had every right to say, get away, boy. I've given you all I'm going to give you. But he's just like that father I mentioned this morning, the prodigal. 
It don't matter. And now listen, I believe what you get him, it changes you want to. It changes your desire. Paul said, the things I once love, I now hate. The things I once hate, I now love. He changes. There's a change made on the inside when you become a child of the King. Oh, but as many times as I've let him down, he had every right to disown me, to cast me away, to throw me aside. But I found every time I come before him with a broken heart, there he stands, waiting to welcome me in. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm a part of the big church. I'm a part of the glorious church. Without You'll find fault in me, but when I get to that country, we'll be without spot. Without wrinkle, they'll say, oh, well, if that's going to heaven, I know I'm all right. Maybe that one's not going. Just because their name is on the church roll don't, don't mean that it's written in the big book. And I shall dwell. Stay. Stay. I don't do this very often, but now listen. We as missionary Baptists believe in eternal salvation. I believe in a God that when he does something, is big enough to do something right. He don't make mistakes. He don't mess up. And what he does is done for eternity. If, I, if you could have messed it up, Marvin, I'd have messed it up a long time ago, as sorry as I am. But the Lord did it, and he sealed it until the day of redemption. And when he comes back, it'll go that way. Yeah. And I shall dwell... You know what? I'm almost there. And you know why I like being here? This is where my family is. This is where my church family is. If you go a mile and a half that way across Walters Bridge, turn to the first road on the right, first house on the right, that's where I was raised. I had a father, I had a mother. I had a sister, and I was a brother. I've got a father, I've got a brother. Aren't you glad? I've got sisters and brothers. Everybody, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I think the preachers will say this and say that. I don't know. There may come a day when they take a bulldozer and tear this building down. I have no idea. But I can tell you this. We'll still be God's little family. Yeah. We'll still go home to be with him in glory one day. Oh, I've not been to this sister's house. I've not been to Zeke's house. I've not been to Wendy's house. But I'm going to live with you one day when life is over. I'm going there. I shall dwell. <laughs> I shall dwell. In the house of the Lord forever. I go away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am there, ye may be also. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. Listen, 
He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He's not going to lead you where it's burning desert. <laughs> He's always going to put you where there's something to eat, something to drink. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Let me touch on that. Well, I just can't worship with so-and-so. Well, you don't believe God's word. This word says thou he prepare a table before you in the presence of the enemies. If you can't worship with so-and-so, you're the one that's wrong. You need to get right. Maybe they are too, but you certainly are. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Folks, there's a better country and a better day, and the shepherd's leading us that way. The world's going crazy. The Bible said they'd cry peace, peace, and there'd be sudden destruction come upon them. Just look at how angry this world is. And how bitter. Arguing over things most of us can't do one single thing about. All we as God's people need to do is follow the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That's what the New Testament says. It said the hireling would flee when trouble came. David was a shepherd, wouldn't he? He, before he ever faced Goliath, he faced a buyer. He faced a lion. All to care for his little sheep. We may have to face some things. Now listen. I've been asking you to pray for our sinners. Did you see these young folks standing up here? Let me tell you something. Just because they're saved don't mean we need to quit. We still need to pray. Satan would love to destroy Ethan's life. Satan would love to destroy Cana's life. To have them where they gave up all hope and thought there was no way they could ever find happiness. They could ever find peace. We've got a job. Train up a child. Well, they're not mine. Yes, they are. They belong to this church. They're just as much Ronnie and Dawn's. They're just as much Wendy's as they are mine when it comes to church. Train up a child in the way it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now listen. It didn't say they'd always be on shouting. It didn't say 
they would always be standing on the horns of the altar. They said, if you provide the training, when they're old, they shall not depart. If you want, here we are. I'm going to say this and be sure that I'm done. When Marty first called me and invited me to come over and preach, there was a lot of this in the crowd. You know what? Some of those folks that had this have already left. If nature takes its course, some of us that have this gray stuff right here, we'll leave this world in the next few years. Hopefully it's a long way away that no man knows. That's why we do training. That's why, not only in our training union, but training during the service, training them what a Holy Ghost-filled testimony sounds like. Training them what spiritual singing. Now listen, I love to sing. I, I enjoy singing with Isaac and Ronnie, singing a little harmony and stuff like that. But training them what spiritual singing sings on. You don't have to hit every note. You don't have to. It don't have to sound perfect. But if it's sung from the bottom of a loving heart, lifting up the name of the Lord, and you're praising Him, it'll be spiritual. It'll shine through. I'm glad we got folks that, that sing spiritual songs, don't you? Training them what that sounds like. Training them what the gospel is. Now listen, we've got two or three generations that don't know what that is. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's not my opinion. That's the King James Version Bible. You cannot be saved if I tell you there's nothing wrong. You cannot be saved if I tell you we're all good and we're all going to heaven. You cannot be saved by telling you let's just worship and praise and never telling you that you must be born again. The gospel is, now listen, men have different deliveries, I know that. I love Doug Messer to death. He's one of my favorite preachers. He very rarely moves from the podium. He very rarely raises his voice. But if you'll listen to him, he'll preach you the gospel. Men have different deliveries. But all of God's men will tell you about being born again. All of God's men will tell you that you've got to be saved. They'll lead you to the shepherd. I can't save the first one. I can't tell you what you need to do along life's way. All I can do is point you to the shepherd. All right. The Lord is my shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all. Did you hear that? A-L-L. All the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even when David was face down on the ground begging God 
to save that child that he and Bathsheba had brought into the world, David had mercy. God could have taken his life for his sin, but he didn't. David had mercy. Folks, God's a lot better to us than what we give him credit for. All right. I love you.